Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch. And uh, we're hanging out, having fun. It's a fun time of year. It we're, is. We're, we're a couple of days, well, a couple of days, probably more than that. We're like a week from Christmas. Man, I am struggling today, Dave. You are. It's I just not, get excited look, about Christmas that I almost forget about rewind. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So what I wanted to say is we're like a week away from Thanksgiving here. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, and then we'll be in, the in between time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is a fun time of year. Right, and and those that are not listening during that time period, obviously we record these ahead of time, so that's for us. Yeah, and uh, give it some context for you. Uh, this last week, I learned something though about our culture up here. What did you learn? I learned something that, new, or no, something I, that I you were reminded this, but of. But I didn't know how deep this was. Okay, it's a deer hunting culture. Hmm. And the brotherhood of deer hunters. Have you recently discovered this since you've embarked well, no, into I've the brotherhood? Under, I've always seen it, but I've never really experienced, experienced how, how deep that brotherhood really is. So th- this year, you know, I mean, a couple of we- a week, this week, I shot my first buck with a bow. Right? Oh, there you go. So, and and here's the funny part. I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the blind I made and this buck was there and I saw him and he was about to walk away so I pull it I'm aiming toward a double lung shot I want to nick the heart and do a double lung shot I yep. mean that's the goal and it hits him in the neck yep. so I, I missed where I was aiming this deer goes right down right down didn't move one bit just wow. down dead and I'm thinking whoa <laughs> I should do that all the time <laughs> Yeah, that was a great double lung shot yeah, and so so then I, you know, I show pictures to some guys later, and they go, "Oh, what a perfect shot! That's perfect. You don't waste any meat. You got you nicked the, the spinal cord thing. Die. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it, it was right. yeah. actually it was. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to do that. So my point was, you know what? As you brush off your I, shoulder, here's here's really what I discovered, just down under it all, that hunting thing. There is some skill, but it's combined with a lot of luck. Almost, Careful. Yeah, I, almost everybody I know. I, yeah, but that, the Brotherhood admits that, but they won't say that out loud. I, I, you just broke Brotherhood code. I, I just said it aloud because I know that's true. Now, the, the first deer I got yeah. ever, you know, I'm, I mean, I never even hunted before. I just got this crossbow. I went to a friend's stand, and, and I sat down, and I called the guy. I said, you know, if I'm on his property, can I – when I kill this deer, would you show me how to gut it? I don't even know how to do that. And he goes, yeah, like you're going to kill one. Uh, no problem. Just give me a call. Yeah. In other words, he's not planning on it. It's Christmas Eve. He's not planning on coming out and helping me. Yep, yep. I'm not down. I don't sit five minutes in this guy's blind, and the, the whole roof is collapsed. So I'm bent over. I'm very uncomfortable. I'm sitting there, and my bow is rested up on this log that's falling apart. Yeah. And uh, and this deer walks by about five feet away from me. <laughs> you could give it a hug. I could. So it looks into the blind. It is so close when I look into my scope, which I've practiced at all these targets. When I looked into my scope, all I saw was brown. I didn't know where it was. <laughs> so I thought, pull the trigger. If it's five feet away, do you need to look in the scope? Well, I... I don't know. I never hunted before. Touche. So I, I pull the trigger, and it's like this thing is silent. And, you know, I I thought I heard it go into the deer because I'm that close. But the deer walked about 20 yards, and I'm thinking, did I hit it? Right. And it just falls over dead. And I thought, I hit it. 
<laughs> so I call my buddy. Now, this uh, me watching the deer, everything, five minutes. Yeah. So I call him and say, how do you get these things? He goes, get out of here. <laughs> I said, no, it's laying here. I don't know how to get it. He goes, really? How'd you get one so fast? I said, I know. I sat down, I walked by, I shot it. Now I'm trying to figure out how to get it. <laughs> A plus B equals yeah, C. Yeah, what else I, do you want? I don't know. What else? <laughs> Fell from the sky? Like, I don't know. So here I am now in the brotherhood of deer hunters. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, you got, yeah. Now it was a doe, so this this was kind of, you know, that doesn't count totally. Yeah. But after this buck, oh, my goodness. I have had, that day I think I got nonstop congratulations on, on texting and pe- Little kids called me and said, I want to learn how to shoot like you. Wow. Seriously. I, I'm sitting there looking at it going, what just happened here? I, I kind of accidentally got the right spot. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm a deer hunter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. So the, the brotherhood, though, and ever since then, you know, I, I went over to, you know, our maintenance building. There's two maintenance guys over there. And I said, you, you know, can you guys know, you know, I'm going to got this one but i never got a buck i had a doe before so can you just make sure i do it right oh no we'll do it and they get in their truck they come out i said no i really want to do it I, <laughs> so you're fending them off i'm fending them off while they want to <laughs> they want to get the deer they want to field dress your deer oh, for you i'm telling you by the time it was done and those guys have talked to me and they're they posted the pictures on on their websites and on their facebook oh, yeah. and everything i'm thinking okay the brotherhood's just kicked in oh yeah and uh, I enjoy that totally, but growing up in Chicago, guns were to gangsters. You know, yeah. what I mean, I I didn't I didn't hunt. I didn't know anyone who did. Yeah. And so coming up here, I didn't hunt. Yeah. And now that I am hunting, I'm like part of the brotherhood. There you go. So I've anyway. yet to get I've yet to get my trophy buck like yours. What trophy? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, now for those listening, I know you're all asking what size. I I thought it was a two pointer, <laughs> but I was told it was a four pointer, so it's a four point bug. But that that tells you the big antlers right oh, there. It, I did get a spike one time. Yeah, no, I got this was a I guess a four pointer. It was just yeah. a very long. Ant- yeah. I mean the the antlers were. Sorry, long I, enough, I did see a picture of it. Yeah, that's it, why I had to. Yeah. You made it sound like it was this nice big trophy buck, so no. I, wanted to, I wanted to not mislead right. our listeners. Well, I'm going to tell you another secret that gets me that might get me kicked out of the brotherhood. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Not only do I think that luck plays a little part in hunting, yep. which doesn't sit. I mean, which, again, every hunter quietly agrees with. <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> but they won't do it publicly. That's right. But the second question I had when I started hunting was, why do you guys go after these old bucks? That meets the worst. Yeah. And all of them look at me like I had a disease. And I'm thinking, no, I'm asking a question. Why do you go after the meat that's like the worst? Mm-hmm. Why don't you go after like these one-year-old, two-year-old bucks or, or you know, why, why the old gray mares that ain't what they used to be? I mean, what are you doing that for? Right. And they just thought I was nuts because they're all talking about how big the rack is and how... And I'm thinking, hmm. so after I got this one, it's hanging, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna take it down to my son-in-law who's gonna process it, and and it's hanging there, and and an old guy comes out of our maintenance building, um, he comes and helps us with the furnaces around camp and yep. that kind of thing, and he's he's just hunted all his life, and he comes over to me, nods, and he goes, 
that's where the good meat is. Don't get those old guys. <laughs> and I thought, first guy ever that to said that. To fully admit it. And, and then he looked around like, I'm sure I probably shouldn't have said that. I got kicked out of the brotherhood. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, thank you. That's exactly what I thought. You don't want those 25-point bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're 400 years old and everything in them is gristle if you want to eat. If you want you know, to look at a head on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> we could use one in the studio yeah, here, I, Dave. I guess. <laughs> you want me to get my mounted? <laughs> that massive two-pointer? Well, I'm sure your wife wouldn't want it in your house. No, it's not going to our house. I, you know, anyone that's asking, are you going to do it? I, like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have it's that. your first buck, Dave. Yeah, but I don't have high ceilings. I do not want a dead deer head. <laughs> staring at me on the wall which is a peculiar thing you know you think back like at what point as as people did we say hey let me <laughs> let me preserve this thing that i just killed yeah put it in my house so i get to stare at it every day yeah i know like like the like some of the things that we come up as a culture it's like huh and then we we limit it i mean you don't see anyone doing that to their cat you know and like say <laughs> say <laughs> right Oh man! I'm just saying, or yeah, yeah. Or, or any domesticated animal. Yeah, for that I'm not matter. saying you should. That's don't don't write me a letter. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying. But you wonder, like the first person who decided to preserve a head of an animal and put it on their house, like, and then like, say I walk in, right? Like, what what would I think? Yeah, I don't like. It's just mind boggling. Yep, I'm I'm with you. you like know. it would almost make more sense to put your former pet up on the wall. Well, I've asked that, and I've gotten in trouble, not just pets, but we run a camp, and we have all these horses. They get older and die, and I thought they, they were friends. Oh, yeah, you life. don't see any horse mounts. You don't. And, and you even used the word mount and horses. You'd think that would make more sense. So did you get an answer? No, you know, everyone I've asked that to gets insulted. Oh. They, they think, like, how dare you ask that? It's like, look around, like our dining hall. <laughs> there, if you, if you haven't been here, we have an elk, we have a caribou, yeah, we have a deer, a bear, a some Jacob sort of sheep. Yeah, Jacob sheep. Uh, you know, yeah, we got the trifecta. So, yeah, why not? Silver so Ranch, why not? Why not a horse? Oh, and they get angry with me. Okay, I'm not going to, I'm not advocating that you actually hunt a horse or. No. I'm not even advocating being mean to one. Right. I'm just saying. When you have to put one down because of age know. or something, can you put I don't know. That's, man, don't we're, know. We're, we're talking deep stuff here today. I know. If you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're just joining us. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I can hear radios is, all uh, over northeastern Wisconsin. This is Younger and Older with yeah. Jason and Dave, yeah. where Dave tells all in the hunting world. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think what we're doing is hearing all the radios go off everywhere in, oh, in the whole state. Um, you know, but it is interesting. I, t I tell you, part of, of life is, is enjoying the various experiences with people. You, yeah. You've hunted with your son. Yep. Yeah, you went out last year for the first time with yeah. me. And, and again, there's a bonding thing that happens there. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten anything with him there yet. But. Yeah. And honestly, when the deer that I got, uh, we gave to my youngest daughter who lives in Milwaukee, and she's going to have that. She actually went out and bought a freezer. Just so for the deer. Just so that she could start holding the, the meat, the venison in there. And I thought, you know what? As a dad, and it's just one of those family things, I felt like this is a great like dad moment. I, I get to shoot a deer, 
My youngest daughter wanted venison meat. She doesn't hunt. Yeah. My son-in-law and my daughter will process it for her. And then she'll get it from them. And I think the whole family's involved here. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed that. You know, I mean, I just thought, okay, that's kind of fun to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that uh, those of you that are, are listening and into hunting, you understand what I'm talking about. It's just kind of a fun. And some people, the, the hunting thing is just a cultural let's get together. Yeah. And for those of you who don't hunt, I apologize. Yeah. For those of you who think it's cruel or whatever, I understand. I never hunted until recently. But I, I do think that there's a, there's a kind of a pause during hunting season in northern Wisconsin. Yeah. People stop. They go out and do something together, and they sit together in hunting camps, and they talk, and they enjoy each other, and they enjoy the stories, and they enjoy the pursuit. Maybe that tells us what we should be doing together, mm. some more of that, yeah. somewhere. Right. It doesn't have to be hunting. Right. But it's not like they're out just uh, surfing or doing that stuff. Not that that's evil, but they're out doing a, something together. Yeah. And, and, and cheering each other on. I've never seen a hunter get mad at another one for getting a deer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, no, man, that's great. You got one? Uh, you know, tomorrow I hope to get one over here. You know what I mean? And they talk about it, and they're excited for the successes. Yeah. And guys like me who are new at it, they run over and help you. Right. Well, you got to remember the proper term. You harvested a deer. I did? That's what they call it nowadays. Oh, wow. You harvested a deer. Like a tomato. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, they're all in the same category. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to, w- <laughs> I have to work on my, my hunter man uh, language. Be up to date on the current political. I'm not sure they call us hunter man either, yeah. but I, you know, I, I will. <laughs> we digress again. I, I don't want to be a gangster. I got a you know, weapon. I got to do something else with it. So. There you go. All right, never mind that. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, though, we do talk about more serious things. Um, I, I, although I, I think the idea of um, getting together is a cool thing for any group of men, women, people want to get together and do that, families that hunt together, fish together, oh, some yeah. of those things. Get outside. Yeah. Uh, turn the TV off. Because like you said, there's, there's, there's a bond there. Like we even, we even offer a gun hunters retreat up here. Right. And we've had a lot of father of sons come to that. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're even uh, getting ready to host it this year at the Wolf River Refuge. Yep. You know, and if that's something in the future that interests you, I encourage you to head over to wolfriverrefuge.org. And you can you can sign up for that. But a lot of our retreats, you know, whatever it is, like it's like you would think, really, you do a hunter's retreat? It's like, yeah, why? Because there's a relational aspect to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you go sit out in the woods by yourself for a little bit, but then what do you do? You come back and and you share the memories, you talk through it, and you kind of share the moments, and that's where the laughter happens, that's where the, the community happens, you know, and I and, and it's not distracted by, you know, T V or anything else. Like, I mean, they sit around a fire in the dining hall eat food and, and talk about it, laugh, share their stories, yep. their stupidity, their, their, their missed shots, you know, and, and that's just one of them. But then you look at everything we do here at Silverbridge Ranch and it's all based around the relational aspect behind the activities. Right. Um, and, and just like you said, you know, we, we talk about a lot of things, but a lot of it comes back to, you know, pursuing God in relationship. So having a relationship with God, but then enjoying that relationship with others too, yeah. you know, loving God and loving people. Well, that's the, if you've never listened to our show, we say that all the time. And and that's where it comes from is, is doing that. And that's even the premise of this show, Dave, right. you're older, I'm younger. And so we sit literally just sit down and have fun 
talking about whatever and and it is a roller coaster sometimes it's silly and sometimes we get really deep and serious yep. and and i think there's benefit to that because we can glean from each other's perspectives as we dive into scripture and look at it and we even look at at, at even ways in scripture and a lot of people did the same way you look at paul and you look at timothy you right. know timothy was a young dude yep. um and and paul hung out with him, encouraged him, and they had a relationship like that too in everything yep. that they did. In fact, in in first in 2 Timothy, first chapter, third verse, uh, the apostle Paul says, I thank God who I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly my prayers day and night. What's really clear in that verse to me as an older guy is I look at it, and what Paul is doing for Timothy is outlining the historical significance of walking with God and saying, you have to be next. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, you might not pick that up when you read it, but when you read it, what he's basically saying is, I am so thankful that God set it up this way, where I serve God just like my forefathers did. And now I'm praying that you will pick it up and do that in the future. And and what a great thing it is. I mean, you start off talking about the brotherhood of hunting. It's the same, the brotherhood of serving God, the, the family, the, the idea of doing things where you serve together and you, somebody needs help, you're right there. Mm-hmm. You're even anxious to help them. Yeah. And you have to back off at times and maybe let them learn how to do it, but you're going to stand right there to make sure they do it right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the, the parallels are really pretty incredible when you look at it. Yeah. And, and even the Younger Older program, as you and I talk, your pastor when you were young was my dad. Right. Well, well and, yeah. When well, I was really, really, really young, yeah. yeah. He actually ba- uh, dedicated me. There you go. Yeah. So so my dad dedicated you. He died yep. 30 years ago, 30 yep. plus years ago. Yep. And and so then I have been doing this part of what he did and and you're the next generation here. So you look at that and it, it's very similar. I mean, it's like, you know what? Understand your history. And I think that's where a lot of ministries and families fail. They they begin to forget they have a a really solid history and they need to live in the context of that history going forward if yeah. their if their ancestors love god and walk them that's all paul's saying he says i'm i'm thankful i'm part of that line because there are people out there that aren't part of a spiritual heritage line yeah anywhere they're all out on their own mm-hmm. um, my dad was that way um because his dad was an alcoholic and and basically beat the kids and didn't do what he should do and so my grandpa was not somebody that set the table right yeah however when you go back historically you see a guy art rohrheim who was my dad's youth pastor who started the iwana youth association and brought my dad into that and doc latham who's his pastor and when you look at the heritage Hmm. that i personally have it's doc latham art rohrheim my dad yeah they're the ones who passed it on to him Mm mm-hmm he passed it on to me. I'm passing it on to you, that kind of thing. So you look at that and you say, oh, that's a heritage mm-hmm. right there. You know, and, and a lot of, you know, I once was sitting down with some other guys with Christian camping and they were talking about camps and how they start. And, and I said, well, you do know that a lot of the Wisconsin camps have this thread of commonality. Mm-hmm. No, what is it? Well, it, it, I just gave it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's camps, uh, there's a camp north of us in, in Rhinelander. The person who founded that also founded the camp that 
Wheaton College owns up there, mm-hmm. and they bought it from him, and he moved to another spot. He was my dad's Sunday school teacher mm-hmm. when he was young. <laughs> and so there's three camps here in northern Wisconsin that were spurred by that connection. Yeah. But not only that, in the central part of the state, there's another camp that started with uh, Doc and Art and my dad, and then in the southern part of the state, another one. So when you look at it, there's five camps in the state of Wisconsin that have a similar lineage. Mm-hmm. And and if you want to even look at another one, there's another guy that started a camp in, um, um, uh, I think it's the Devil's Lake area, that is also out of that lineage. Mm-hmm. And he started it from the camp that was started in the South and then came from there and actually came to a conference where I was at and I helped him get that started. Yeah. So you look at that and you go, you know what? There's six camps that have the, the same lineage to look at and the same faithful God to be thankful for and to be a part of. And if you look at all the people that those places affect, mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of people are, are turned towards God in those places. Yeah. I think what, what, there's two challenges here. If you're a young person, you're, you're, uh, you're somebody in, in Jason's age group, you're in your 20s, 30s, you know what? Make sure you become part of a heritage. Yeah. If you're, if you're older, make sure you're willing to share the heritage because you need to do that. And if you're young and you say, boy, I don't have one, make one. Yeah. You know, that's what my dad did. He started finding people who were in ministry and hung out with them. Absolutely. Um, and that's what you do. Uh, and even you talking about, you know, we were talking about hunting earlier and you're saying, yeah, I know, you know, my son, he might want to go. And exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I wasn't interested in hunting Everything's relational, like you mentioned earlier. Yep. And I wasn't interested until my daughter got married to a guy who loves hunting. Mm. All of a sudden, I'm interested. Yep. Had nothing to do with hunting itself. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the fact that I love my son-in-law and my daughter, and I want to do things to be relationally a part of their life. Yeah. And hunting helps me do that, and I enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the hunting. I enjoy the discussions, I enjoy being part of that whole thing. And then my younger daughter, who never was involved at all now, is thrilled that she gets venison, and now she's part of the discussion. Yep, absolutely. And uh, my wife cooks us dinner after hunting all day <laughs> you know, and, and enjoys it. So, I mean, it's one of those things where now it's, okay, this is, this is a relational thing now. Yeah. It's no longer just that. Yeah. Um, Did she cook up the back straps for you? You know what? Um, no. Yeah. No. My uh, my son-in-law has all these traditions, and I just give the deer to him, and he does oh, it sure. with his wife. <clears throat> we we grew up in Chicago. We didn't have, <laughs> we didn't have venison, so not even. You know, I, I usually get a couple steaks, and the rest of it give it to yeah. the kids. Oh yeah. Uh, but they their their tradition. They always eat the heart. You know, uh, the night. Really. Yeah. The night the, of the of the harvest. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, they love the heart. Ooh. I know. I know, such such strange traditions. Wow. But the bottom line is you look at somebody like the Apostle Paul, and I encourage anyone that's younger or older, go read the book of Second Timothy mm-hmm. and try and understand that Timothy uh, is being exhorted by Paul to learn something. Yeah. 
And what Paul's doing as an older apostle at this point is just saying, look, here's what you got to know, Timothy. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's, here's what you got to know. And he starts off right here saying, what you got to know is that you're part of a line. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to go back on that line, it goes all the way back to Moses, the prophets, the why? Because there's a line of people who have been faithful to pass on the word of God generation from generation to generation. Why not be a part of that? Yeah. Why not be a part of the group that passes it on rather than being a part of a group that, that doesn't know who God is? Mm-hmm. Why not be the one that does know? Can you imagine the, you talk about a brotherhood of deer hunting. Yeah. Imagine when you get to heaven. Oh, man. The brotherhood of Moses. Joshua, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, Elijah, Elisha, you just go on. Mm -hmm. Imagine the brotherhood there, these guys gathering around you saying, hey, very cool. Stephen, you know, way to go, man. You know, you you finished well. You you were part of the brotherhood here. And and you might feel like me in life, like, you know, it was a lucky shot. Mm -hmm. And I'll go, we know. We know. Yeah. We know that you were totally inadequate. We know that. We know that there's no way that you could have made a change in the world in which you live. We know that. But God did, and he used you, mm-hmm. and you made yourself available. Yeah. That's how it works. Absolutely. So, and anybody can do that. So I think, you know, I'm in one way, I'm tremendously thankful I took up hunting because I'm, I'm broadening um, a very easy visual to see. Mm-hmm. And in another way, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I, as fun as it was to share all that with all the deer hunting community, mm-hmm. I can only imagine one day when we share eternity yeah. with the faithful who have been hurt and scarred. Do you do you read much on the, the um, Voice of the Martyr stuff? Uh, here and there. Well, I encourage you. They just came out with a book on uh, Voice of the Martyrs, came out with a, like a Fox's Book of Martyrs, more modern. Yep. It's very very good and, and goes through and just talks about modern people it starts with the apostles and it just moves and goes into more modern days um it's amazing what people um gave up and and did because they love god mm. and and how they were used of god because of that yeah. and even today in many parts of the world those people that are they're st- they're all they're doing is loving god and loving people and they're getting beat up their families are getting killed their, their children are being taken from them, and and all they're doing, they're guilty of loving God. Mm-hmm. That's a brotherhood right there. That that's gonna one day, when they get to glory, you know, we understand that they shouldn't be treated this way for loving God. Right. But they're not going to renounce who God is, and in that process, it's it's amazing reunion one day with all the others who didn't renounce who God is. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting there at home today thinking, I, I don't know if I could do that, then I would just suggest one thing to you. You don't know God yet. Mm. You need to spend time getting to know him and get yourself into the heritage that we're going to talk about here in Second Timothy. And we'll talk more about Second Timothy as our time goes on and we, we get another chance to uh, continue with younger and older. Yeah. You know, and I think that's just really encouraging. And, and the key thing is, is to take that step to stay connected. Um, yeah. Because that's where that's where you can you know there's something about rubbing off and sharpening each other, because um, I'm even a part of the heritage. Yeah, because, you are. You know, I grew exactly. up at your dad's church, and and it's so it's so it's cool to look back at that and see the impact that if you're if you're willing and available, and your kids are now part of it. Right. 
that God can use you to do incredible things. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for our discussion today here at Younger and Older. I encourage you to head over to silverbirdranch.org and you check out not only all the ministries that we have there, but you can download this podcast and others. But for now and for today, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.